Hello, and welcome to Reset and Rewind, the video game movie podcast, where we chronologically discuss every video game movie ever. I am Doug, and move over, Wing Commander. This is now the worst movie we've done on this podcast. Possibly. It is. <laughs> it's on par. I guess if you say if it, it is technically the worst, because I'd say it's the same level of wing as wing commander i took away nothing from either of these movies but i i I hated this movie i hated wing commander but i have a lot more to say about my hate for this movie than i had for wing commander if that means anything kevin all i have to say to you is where's your head at man where's your head at Uh, that fucking song I cannot believe that. Such awful music. We will music have to from talk about movie. that. That that we have to save for the spot that it gave at this. Uh, that that came in at the perfect time in this movie. <laughs> can I Not just really. say it's awful? Can I just say like this is my opinion about music and the decades, the early two thousands have the worst music of any period ever. Do you guys agree? Yeah, that I feel like that's usually how things go like at the at the end of a decade and the start of a new one there's always like a transitional period of trying to figure out like what decade music this is going to be and it's always pretty shitty when it's like the start of a decade that's what i've always noticed just like think about what was popular they had like pod stained was it basement jackasses or whoever did that where's your head at song yeah it's just I do remember um, I had a Dance Dance Revolution game, and uh, Where's Your Head At was on that Dance Dance Revolution game. It was still awful, but I did dance to it on that game. (laughs) You ever see the music video with the monkeys? Yes, and it was bad. It's like a Snapchat filter nowadays. Uh, I mean, I can't say that a lot of music videos were really good, though. There were Mm -hmm. some gems, no doubt, but Mm -hmm. a lot of them were just as awful as that where's your head at video there, there were good songs from that time period like hey ya is a good song by outcast who yep. also has a song in this movie on on laura croft's really cool hip uh mega mix that she plays on the robot mm. we'll get to i that. mean I, I i would just have to tell you this movie despite being featured on so many like top movie video game things it was so bad it had nothing good going for it plus much like your discussion about music in the early 2000s this was so sterile it had nothing of interest or fun or like pop about it the cinematography was bland felt like a generic action movie it had generic plot it had generic like camera shots nothing was pretty or innovative or beautiful i could go on for a while it was pretty bad it really did feel like a music video just stretched out over an hour and a half long movie yeah i think that's where the issue was where you you kind of hit the nail on the head it stole from a bunch of different things and like this movie, someone said this earlier at one point, is like a mix of 007 
and Indiana Jones, but done extremely poorly. Like it tried to be both of those things at the same time, and it just yeah. couldn't do it. It was it was awful, and like it had some pretty good actors and actresses in it. I was kind of astounded on how bad of a movie it was. But do you guys want to start off by talking about the game, since that's usually what we talk about? Tomb Raider. Yeah. Did we even say what we were going, what we were talking about today? <laughs> we're doing Lara Croft Tomb Raider from two thousand one. Yes, I mean. And I'm Paul, and I am sadly feeling very, very sad about having to do this because it's it's a terrible movie. Tomb Raider, the original game, came out in 1996. Mm -hmm. It was first released on the Sega Saturn, and then moved over to the PlayStation and the DOS. It is a hugely influential game in video games in general but it drew most of its influences from obviously indiana jones but also from tank girl and tank girl is a comic uh british comic from i think the probably close to like the 1980s and this game came out and it had a huge huge hit um it sold a bunch it was widely praised as one of the best video games of its time had really good controls and graphics it had a really intriguing atmosphere i remember playing this game a long long time ago and thinking it played very tight for a game of its time and also it had like a weird dinosaur scene it was called the mario 64 killer of its time wow that was far-fetched yeah (laughs) Um, this is the box office killer of this time. Yeah, no, no doubt. Did you both play the games? So, Doug, did you play uh, Tomb Raider? No. I, in fact, I remember seeing the ads for this game when I was a kid in like nine. I think it was like ninety six or ninety seven. And I was just thinking, like, this game looks really ugly. Like these graphics do not look good at all, even for the time. They they're very blocky, and I played it like four years after it came out and i played it on computer yeah and it is a good game like the controls are pretty darn good yeah even though i was playing it on computer it still felt pretty fluid the camera angles like most games during that time were shit yeah Uh, you couldn't see things half the time and you're jumping around trying to cling to ledges precisely that's really difficult to do you're also trying to like move the camera camera around and shoot a freaking wolf that's running at you full (laughs) speed to go right for your neck yeah and it it was actually a good game though isn't it was an interesting game i liked how they had the like the collectibles and stuff yep i would equate it to uh what's that game the newer games with nathan drake Oh, Uncharted? It Drake's was Fortune. Yes. Uncharted. Yeah. Like I, I would say that Uncharted sort of took that style but made it a million times better. Like Tomb Raider to me doesn't hold a candle to Uncharted, the Uncharted series. But it does have that feeling of the same game. Because it's like Indiana Jones put into game form, but yeah. over sexualized, obviously. Yeah, I think so Tomb Raider 1 came out in 96, Tomb Raider 2 came out in 97, Tomb Raider 3 came out in 98. So they pumped these games out 1, 2, 3 right after one after the other. The publisher is Eidos. Eidos. You Eidos. And it's, <laughs> it's um, you know, I 
I, I don't know how else to put this other than they were really influential games at the time. They have not aged well. And the reboots of the games, right, in the current era have been actually really good. Um, and yes. Have, and have... Um, the best way I can describe it is it's taken the obvious influence influenced it's taken the games that have been influenced by tomb raider and then perfected those games so um the tomb raider that came out in like 2017 ish is obviously like a much more perfected version of an uncharted game which was influenced by the original tomb raider so it has all come full circle but these games were had a lot of weird puzzle solving things like the name it had some really weird tomb raiding um i had never played these games when they came out and much like the last home alone episode that we did i played this game two days ago for the first time um and it still Mm. has pretty tight controls it's not bad i would not say that it is mario 64 good but it still holds up um as a game of its time yeah i you know i don't really have too much accolades to say about it other than it's just a okay game i would have been really happy to play it when it came out though yeah i i'd say it was way more groundbreaking when it came out obviously mm-hmm. um if you played it back then uh i would say you would think it was like a pretty remarkable game yeah and that it did a lot for its time it definitely did but there were definitely issues with it a lot of people didn't like the over-sexualized nature of it, and some people loved that. And that's what you end up seeing bleed into this movie is the over-sexualized <laughs> bullcrap that they that they put in the game, which, which is unfortunate. And like you said, with the newer versions of Tomb Raider, they, they dumbed that down a bit, and they actually made Laura Croft a character that yeah. was relatable to and interesting. Even the character that was in the older video games that the the originals was in my opinion more interesting than the one that they put in the movie which uh we'll talk more about that with the movie but in the games there there was just to me even a more interesting storyline with what little storyline they even had in the video game which was almost nothing it was pretty much you're going to find these items and that's it but you're finding it for this organization that that ends up turning on you in the end or whatever but her backstory is so much more interesting to me and she's less of a bitchy character in my opinion in the video game but we'll get to that we'll get to the uh movie later i mean we can get to the movie now i do we have to i know right the character that's in the game excuse me is still considered one of the like best female characters in video gaming and i know the bar is very low for that but because there's not too many like progressive female characters in gaming right now they're starting to build but she's considered progressive i yeah yeah Yeah. i guess i guess i could see that because she was like the only playable woman character other than i guess miss pac-man and samus samus and samus's reveal was interesting but yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people thought of that, uh, of her as like a woman character, even though they revealed her to be a woman. I thought she was a man named Metroid. Yeah, yeah and I think a lot of people thought that, even after playing <laughs> the game, even after finishing it and seeing Samus without her suit, and obviously being a woman, that to me was just like, just 
an over-sexualized thing that they decided to throw in. I mean, they put yeah. her in a bathing suit. I think at mm-hmm. uh, one one point, if you if you finish it in a certain way, she mm-hmm. she appears in just a bathing suit, which is mm-hmm. just ridiculous. Take a look at those pixels, eh? Yeah, it's not. It, they didn't do that with with a guy. Like if it was a guy in a suit, they wouldn't have taken off the. Suit just you see, you see Mario. You see Ma- there. You see Mario in like a Chippendales outfit. Yeah, you don't. They don't do that. That's just ridiculous. But I mean, they had she's, to do it with Samus. I, Laura Croft is kind of like the first lady of video games, though. Like she's. Not first lady yeah. as in, in terms of, like, the first lady character, but the first lady in terms of, like, representing what a um, really good writing of a female character can do. She's, like, an archaeologist. She doesn't take any guff from any guy. You know, she's been portrayed by, like, on screen by two really good Oscar winners, um, and Angelina Jolie, who doesn't do a great job in this movie, but she is a very great actress. And Alicia Vikander is also a very good actress, and she plays Laura Croft in the newer iterations. I haven't seen those, so I don't know how they are. They're pretty good. I mean, aside from characters like, you know, Chun-Li is obviously like a very big character in video games miss pac-man i would even say jill valentine is a big one too i think laura croft is probably right near the top of this is this is a pretty iconic character and so when you try to take that character and move it to the big screen how do you do it in a way that's both respectful of her iconic status but also like becoming a very good video game movie and i don't think they do that well at all in this movie they don't do that well at all like what they could have done is done what they did in the later video game that was made in 2017 and they could have made her an actual character and that would have made this movie like a hundred times better rather than trying to just all they did was they took this the the bad part of tomb raider the shitty like over sexualized part and they blew it up and they made it a hundred times worse and i hated that i didn't i didn't like her character at all so do you guys want to just go right into the movie um since we don't have that unless you guys want to say something more about the game sure we can start out talking about the movie uh, paul anything else about the game no that's about it it sold a lot and so that should be an indication that it was obviously going to be made into a movie how much it sold yeah so yeah so the movie starts out with flips and uh, a fight with a big robot <laughs> I should tell you all you need to know about this movie which i hated to start off with and i want to i want to mention something that i thought was kind of hilarious <laughs> I think that George Lucas liked this film a lot. And I think he got the idea for General Grievous right off of this robot, which like explodes into many different arms. How? And he walks around like a freaking spider as well. I love General Grievous. How fucking he, dare you obvi- compare? So bring- he, he, yeah, but he, he takes two things out of this. So he took General Grievous, clearly. And How then, fucking hold dare on, you? One other thing. They say a joke about sand. And he says, sand gets everywhere. And it's uh, the, the actual line is, uh, hold on one sec. I got to bring this up. He's, she says, Egypt again? Nothing but pyramids and sand. And then he goes, I know, gets everywhere. And it cracks. <laughs> it sounded like 
George Lucas heard this line and was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. I'm going to take that sand joke and throw it into my movie for Anakin to say. And then he stole General Grievous. That's that's what happened. How dare you? <laughs> First off, General Grievous is a much more well-developed character in general they did not take anything no to make general grievous in this <laughs> rescind your statement um i'm not a huge general grievous fan either but jesus no i i i i just thought it was funny when i heard that sand joke though <laughs> I, was I was thinking the same exact thing I, Come on. Oh, we, we were all we were we, anyone who's seen that movie like we were all thinking that right what what is it with sand is that the it only? It gets everywhere. It is gets that everywhere. The only Obviously. joke you can make for sand is that it goes everywhere. Like what is? What is? It, is it even a joke? It's not even funny. And what also, is it? I don't. And what? What does this mean, anyways? I just want to ask. I want to know. I know it gets everywhere in the cracks. Is it supposed to be a sexual joke? Is that what that was supposed to be? I don't I mean, know. It gets, in, a, it gets in your ass. Is it your ass crack? <laughs> is it your vaginal crack? Is that what he's trying to say? I don't know what he's trying to say here. And is it supposed to be funny? Because he, he chuckles. I have no nothing, idea. Well, nothing in this movie is funny. No, I didn't but, laugh at anything in this film. No, but at least some of them's some of the jokes felt like okay. I could see where some someone could see it as a joke and could laugh at it. But this particular joke doesn't even feel like a joke. I have no idea what the hell it's supposed to even mean. Okay, so let's talk about that character. That character of Bryce is his name. No, that's Hillary. The butler's name is Hillary. The well, he's the one who says the sand joke. Yeah. No, I want to talk about the technical assistant who's Bryce. Oh, oh my god. You mean you mean Locke from Game of Thrones? Exactly. The guy who the guy who like lives in the fucking trailer and who like supposedly <laughs> helps her out through like some technical genius. That guy is the creepiest dude that you could have possibly ever cast in this role. He's such a creep. He has cameras throughout the whole house. You know he spies on her, first off, with those freaking <laughs> creepy-ass cameras. But second off, he's, like, playing with all of these toys, and he has, like, a bunch of weird, like, half-sex sexual jokes. He's a weird dude. I don't know why you wrote... Why anybody would write him into this movie in the way that they did, but man, write him out of it. <laughs> he's he's another character who's just a stereotype. He's just the 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 techie guy stereotype. Yeah. There's really nothing to his character. He's just yeah, like the butler. Like they're just the the two like you got the obsequious butler, then you have like nerdy tech guy. Nerdy that, tech. That's guy. pretty much their whole. And the butler is sometimes a badass who like carries a gun. You know, he wasn't even seen a badass. Before. He was a wussy badass who could. He could. I don't think he shot anyone with the shotgun that he was carrying around. Um, yeah, it's like one, dis- discount Alfred. That's what I call that, him. Oh my god. Oh, and a thing about the butler though is, in the games, it was this old farty man who in in the <laughs> yeah. in the second game you went next to the butler and one of the jokes was like he would run away and just fart and go yeah. away. That was like his his joke, and he was an old man. Yeah. And this is like some young, n- unfunny butler dude. And mm-hmm. I hated that choice. You should have chose like some old freaking dude. And that would have been hilarious. And then he could have walked away and accidentally farted once. And that might have been 
sort of funny. Probably would have been terrible, but still, it would have at least tied back to the game. Ah, I wouldn't put it past this movie to put a fart joke in. I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't either with how bad their jokes were already. I just, it's it, it, terrible. Off the bat, though, let's just talk about that. That opening scene where he she's fighting that robot, um, and then that robot and her are just, she, like, shoots it a million times. How many, uh, how many bullets are in her clips? Just, like, a million. But also, she's a fucking terrible shot. Her guns are pointed sideways and just straight towards the ground. I mean, at like a <laughs> 60 degree angle towards the ground and they're like showing hitting the um, robot. There's no fucking way any of those bullets hit that robot. Excuse me. They hit like six feet in front of her. She was doing a terrible job aiming those guns. You know what this robot had that General Grievous did not? What? General Grievous had his human heart, but this robot had a a stereo inside of it that played Outcast, <laughs> played Lara's Cool Mix. Oh. Yeah, I guess this, the robot was actually like a toy built by the uh, the butler and the the nerdy tech guy. Yeah, freaking hated that. I also hated that she used real bullets. What? Like they they make a comment about it and they're like, "You used real bullets again." And she's like, "Yeah." Like, was that supposed to be more badass that you used real bullets on this thing? All you did was do. Th- thousands of dollars worth of damage to this freaking very elite robot there was no reason for that entire scene i didn't feel like it made her badass i felt like it made her reckless which i with her character i was super annoyed at how reckless this person was because she is a freaking archaeologist yeah and this this bitch if you watch indiana jones and you watch the movies with Harrison Ford. He's a bulky guy. And yet, when you watch him like pick up something, he's like very gentle with it. He's like almost afraid. He'll be like, oh, let me see how I can pick this up. He's like an archaeologist. He's like afraid mm-hmm. to break it. But she's like, she takes this clock and just like smashes it. She shoots the shit out of things, just blows shit up. She... She lives in an ancestral home, and when she starts hearing a clock tick, she doesn't just try to open something. She just breaks the shit open. She's not yeah, she delicate. Like, she has, like, no oh. fear of anything, and I hate that. Oh, like, man. Indiana Jones, I, like, Indiana Jones, I feel, you you felt like he was in danger in that movie. Like, yeah. you didn't know how he was going to get out of situations. Like, that scene where he fights, like, that giant Nazi guy who's, like, boxing with him. You're yeah. like, he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. And you're like, how is he going to get out of this? This guy's, this guy's going to kill him. But then you find out like he he throws him into the propellers and cuts him up. And that that's cool. Like, but this whole movie, you, you're just like, oh, Laura has the answers to everything. She's I, flawless. I agree. That was the big problem. She's flawless. You look at Harrison Ford. He's a cool character, just like for what you said. Look at the look at Harrison Ford's facial expressions in Indiana Jones. Whenever he's <laughs> like brought up against something like like you said like that big guy he's like terrified his face is like oh fuck i'm gonna lose but he he always ends up winning but he's more realistic where as if you threw this laura croft character in there she would get she would be fighting a giant and then she'd Mm -hmm. smile and be like i'm gonna take this thing out i don't like that smug attitude take that smile off your face Stupid bitch. If it, if it were Laura and, and like the big Nazi guy came after her, she'd be like, oh, okay. And she'll do like a flip, a slow motion flip and like kick him in the face and knock him out. And that's it. I mean, uh, 
Because she has no fear of anything because she always wins. Yeah, I, I hate it. I would no say what. I would say this movie I, I, I we can't compare it to Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones all three of these films are infinitely better than Tomb Raider. So anytime that we mm. compare Tomb Raider to Indiana Jones, we're going to fucking fall flat and it's Tomb it's like it's a straw man argument. Indiana Jones is so much better than any of these movies. Even the well, worst parts of Indiana Jones. But I, I to I, this character you have is, to compare. I, I get it. This character... It's kind, of, it's kind of like saying chocolate cake is better than cancer. Yeah. It, it is very similar to that, right? It's... You can't... I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But this character is much more similar, I think, in a lot of ways to Bruce Wayne, right? And so in that way, we can kind of compare those characters. Their parents are missing. They have a ton of money. They have a ton of privilege. They have a ton of gadgets. They have the ability to really go anywhere and do anything. So it's really a comparison of Laura Croft and Bruce Wayne rather than Laura Croft and Indiana Jones. Even though Bruce Wayne is not an archaeologist, Bruce Wayne is pretty much a direct parallel to what Laura Croft is in this movie. And so, Fine. I, you know, yeah. And so in that way, let's compare them. I no, I, and I'm not saying we should compare them all the time. No, let's compare them. Let's compare their personalities because this bitch is super smug, and I hate that smugness. That the, like she is super entitled to where Bruce Wayne is not is super. The one thing I really hate, he's entitled, but he does not act entitled. So one of the things, a couple of things I. Hated that she did in this movie that really pissed me off was one uh there was that huge scene where uh those guys entered the house and she blew up all these things she is forcing her tech guy and the butler to sit there and, and sweep shit up and she is just like walking around like she don't give a fuck she's not helping no i could see bruce wayne actually sort of trying to help uh alfred sweep things up not only that though she takes a package she opens it up and takes the wrapping out and just tosses it on the floor. Yeah, I saw that. Fuck you. You sweep this shit up. And you know what? I don't see Bruce Wayne doing that. I see him taking it up and maybe tossing it in the garbage. Fuck this smugness. No way. You gotta be kidding me. I'm... I'm, You can see... You see Bruce Wayne sitting there just throwing shit on the ground like a litterer? Get the fuck out of here. This is... This movie feels a lot more to me like a Joel Schumacher Batman movie, like Batman Forever or Batman and Robin. It's so over the top. And in those movies, like the the Val Kilmer slash George Clooney Batman, this is I, the George Clooney Batman would totally fucking take like rapping and throw it everywhere and just have old man Alfred pick it up. Come on. Like, I the, don't think so. Yes. Come on. Go and watch those fucking movies. See, this is, this oh, is, this yeah, is pretty yeah, those much. Those movies sucked. Don't get me wrong. Those movies sucked. But George Clooney is a pretty nice guy. We're He's getting, not we're, throwing shit on We're getting, we're getting off topic, but this, it feels <laughs> more. He wouldn't have done it. In, in Batman and Robin, Alfred was dying of McGregor syndrome, so he couldn't have done anything. That's right. Yeah. Was he really? <laughs> yeah, they, the the fictional disease in that. Movie. That's right. And, uh, that's Alfred, right. Only Mister Freeze had the cure for it. Oh, that's right. That's right. No, I'm. I'm Take two and call me in the morning. <laughs> I'm pretty sure 
it, this this felt much more like a Bruce Wayne parallel in a lot of ways. And I think that's a reference to how bad they really translated this character from the game to the screen, right? They didn't know what to do, so they just kind of made her this, like, superhuman but not superhuman character who had a ton of wealth and privilege and also had no flaws except that she didn't have a dad and so she had like she's trying to find the traces of her dad and yeah that it's just she's not compelling whatsoever angelina jolie is a great actress this is not her greatest role so in the games by the way her storyline is that she rejects her parents well-to-do-ness she doesn't like the smugness and therefore she goes out and she finds these artifacts and she rejects her her high society life this is completely fucking opposite of that <laughs> she <laughs> takes in this gladly and in fact takes advantage of it and i fucking hate it just make the girl from the game i guess that would have been slightly better I hated this character. Whatever this fucking character was supposed to be, it was shit. There was no redeeming quality other than, I guess, her looks that made up for anything of this I, stupid fucking character. I, I will say one of the other things, though. They do this weird kind of situation where they set up this, like, giant plot um where she has to go and find so let's just talk about the plot of this movie before i even talk about anything she is trying to find her dad but her dad is spoiler alert part of the illuminati and rejects the illuminati because they want to find these two kind of triangles and combine them so that they can take over the earth basically and her job is to stop the illuminati from finding these two triangles so that she can stop it's them. the biforce yeah from is that what it's called the biforce <laughs> no no I no, no, no. <laughs> i must have missed that and that is awful <laughs> and so that is the general plot of the movie and again spoiler alert she helps them kind of find the two of them and then for some reason when she finds the first one she doesn't immediately destroy it because i don't know why that that she still destroys everything else she don't she doesn't give a fuck about anything else but this she's like we got to preserve it and so all of them preserve it for the museum <laughs> all of them towards the end end up bringing the two pieces together she um kind of outthinks the one Illuminati bad guy who I can't even remember his name and then ends up seeing her father in the past and realizes she can't change the past and save her love Daniel Craig at the same time so she saves her love and then that's the plot that's the whole plot of the movie and it's terrible did she love him though nobody did she love him because in that scene when he gets the dagger through his heart she doesn't react at all she's like oh okay yeah that yeah, she is, doesn't. She does not have any reaction. So that's <laughs> that's the second part of the the character that they're referencing here. So they're obviously referencing, I think, Indiana Jones and Bruce Wayne. But now they are also referencing fucking uh, 007. From, uh, <laughs> they're obviously <laughs> referencing 007 in this because they fucking do all of the the late 90s early 2000s james bond bullshit 
that this is live or let die, golden eye, um, never say never. Um, it's all that same bullshit that happened in. I don't think so. Oh, it's definitely a James Bond reference. I think I think that what the reference is is Hale from 2001: A Space Odyssey because she is super robotic. <laughs> She does not have any personality at all. <laughs> but no, I agree with you. I think I think uh, uh, 007 um, is definitely the other reference here, and that's why they had Daniel Craig. They stole him from the future and brought him into this movie using those reference for using those triangles. They stole him from the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of a robot, I think this movie was made by a robot. I feel like they just fed this robot data. They were like, all right, who's our demographic? 13-year-olds. All right. What do they like? Boobs. All right. What else do they like? Um, the Matrix movie's popular, and they do a lot of that jumping and flipping stuff. All right. Um, all right. Um, kids like adventure movies, right? Like Indiana Jones and James Bond. Oh, they'll find those boring. Yeah. Um, Okay, we'll take out all that, the interesting stuff, and just rip off The Matrix and the other James Bond movies. And uh, there, we, there we go. We don't have to give anybody a personality because the kids won't care as long as Lara Croft is in a shower in a, a very gratuitous nude scene. I, yeah. Yeah, that was awful. But I think you forgot to mention one thing they also fed into the machine. It's What's that? a foot fetish because there were several angles where they only showed. Angelina Jolie's feet as she was running. Yeah, they did. What did Quentin Tarantino? Was he part of this? <laughs> I don't know. It's, there's a part where she like walks that guy's trailer barefoot. That's fucking gross. Her feet are probably disgusting. But they always just like zoomed in on the feet. Why not? I mean, you got Angelina Jolie, a very hot actress. Yet you're just gonna show her feet. It's just like here's <laughs> here's for the foot fetish guys out there here she is there's her it's such a weird thing i did not notice it until right around the third or fourth like foot scene in which i was like this is a lot of feet that they're showing here and not only like i don't know if you you noticed this but it wasn't just like one or two like quick shots of feet but they were lingering shots of feet in this it was it was more than three or five seconds it was like a almost like an eight second scene of a foot that they were just focusing on that <laughs> if you link all of the foot scenes together you probably have a feature length film <laughs> it's a lot of foot scenes it's, some, it's on, probably on like Rex Ryan's hard drive somewhere <laughs> it's a deep cut Doug I love it um <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, I forgot about that with Rex Ryan. That's it's a it's a weird it's a weird movie in that way. It also is super weird in that, you know, I I I remember I remember thinking to myself when I saw this in the movie theater, boy, Angelina Jolie's got a giant bust in this movie. And I remember reading about Laura Croft in like the mid 2000s about how like her bus size is a programming error, right? It was supposed to be, it was like 150% enhanced in the actual game on accident oh, because the of the a programming error. Yeah. Yeah. Get out, get the fuck out of here. Like you didn't see it afterwards and be like, Oh, those are a little bit too big. No, <laughs> no it's no, like, it's not programming error. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's part of, I don't know where it is. I, I can find it, but 
It says her notorious curves were the result of a programming error. Her bus was increased by 150% rather than the intended 50%. So I'm a programmer. Yeah. You have QA look at this game mm-hmm. and the person be like, hmm, those look a little large. And then the, then the programmer goes, oh, yeah, that's a programming error. And then the QA goes... You should fix that. Yeah. And then he goes, yeah, I should. No, that's not what happened. Exactly. What happened no. was the QA goes, wow, those those are huge. And they're like, I, I know, right? That's awesome. And so, then they're like, print it. Yeah, print it exactly. Out. Exactly. So in this movie. That's what happened. In this movie, though, the so they, they estimated out her like breast size in the game, and it's 36 double D um, in the game. So in order to be realistic in this movie, they had to extra pad Angelina Jolie's breasts in this movie. And it's just, it's, it's so stupid. And of course, Angelina Jolie is like acting like a wooden plank in this movie because she's got to be fucking uncomfortable with like giant bazongas padded here. Like, it's just so stupid. Um, and you can see scenes throughout this movie where it just looks so unnatural and so uncomfortable and it's obviously a product of early 2000s like terrible filmmaking but come on guys we uh, it's just it's bad it's so bad so so bad at least they didn't make them triangles yeah it, they should have that would have been hilarious <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> but to go back to her woody acting you know what they had so many british actors in this film like actual British actors, they got Daniel Craig. They got the guy from uh, Game of Thrones, Sir Jorah, as the bad guy. Uh, they got the butler. They got the stupid tech guy. They have all these people who are actually British people in real life. But then they're like, we can't find a hot enough British actress, which for one, that's stupid, to play this role. We're gonna get Angelina Jolie, an American, to play this role. And she sucks at British accents. She's not she great. Fucking sucks. Yeah. She's in Maleficent too. And I watched that stupid movie. And my God, I wanted to slap her in the face when she was in that movie too, because her British accent is too smug, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> so, the other actresses that were considered for this role were, I think, two of them were better. Most of them were not. So Denise Richards was the number one, and she turned it down. Then there was Charlize Theron, who, thank God, she turned it down because her career went in a much better path. Uma Thurman also turned it down. And Uma Thurman, I think, not too long after this, did the Kill Bills, and so that was a much better career choice. And then Liv Tyler also turned this down, too. And Liv Tyler, to me, actually looks more like the video game character. So that's actually a pretty good one-to-one Um, kind of choice but the only one there who i think would have been a pretty good tomb raider of that whole group who would have been a pretty good laura croft would have been Liv tyler angelina jolie came off of like really really good two really good films she did gia and then she did girl interrupted and then she went on to this um so i mean she got a bunch of razzies for this but um she is she had like some really solid acting trout (laughs) yeah just man yeah i i really did not like her in this movie and i i bet it was the director though i bet it i i don't fully blame angelina jolie but there's a reason why those people turned down this movie. Why, what, four actresses you mentioned turned down the movie? It's because 
it's over sexualized a piece of crap <laughs> movie and they these people knew it um i was surprised they got daniel craig who i don't know if he was in anything else one thing i uh, before this I, I i've never seen daniel craig before this movie he might have been in something else but he was in uh what the hell was it the kid in king author's court remember that yes, movie? yes i do yes he was in that movie huh yeah pretty sure he well, that was pretty sure it was that movie. movie so this might have been an upgrade <laughs> That was with the kid from uh, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah, I remember. He goes back in time and he like teaches all mm-hmm. these people how to do future stuff in the medieval times. Um, Daniel Craig, though, I don't remember him this unbuff. Like, this was shocking to me because I, I, the only thing I can picture him in is like 007 now, where he's jacked. So this, where he was unbuffed, was actually a shocker to me. Yeah, Daniel F- Craig did fine in this movie. I, you know, I every time I see him, I just obviously think of 007. But there's also that really awesome movie with him and um, Adam Driver, where they play, where they do a heist in a NASCAR race. Um, Lucky Logan, fantastic movie. I didn't see that. That sounds great. But I, so I think of him in Lucky Logan and in 007. But he, this is also a spoiler he decides not to come back for the Tomb Raider sequel. And he has a great line about surprise. Yeah. He has a great line about why he doesn't come back. And he says, quote, there are only so many, so many ways you can look surprised at stuff blowing up, which is a hundred percent (laughs) true. The whole movie, all he does is just like look dumbfounded all the time at shit blowing up. He doesn't really do anything. And there's that great scene (laughs) where they're in Cambodia trying to pull down the door for this tomb. And he is all in the crowd pulling, and then the next scene, they shoot to the front of the door, and he's up in the front cheering. So somehow he goes from yeah, all the way in the back pulling down the door to up in the front cheering, and then the door blows up, and he's like all the way in the back pulling again. They, There's no proper editing in this movie. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even notice that, though. I Yeah. I do remember him cheering, and I remember him pulling back, but I, that that does not make any sense. No, no sense. The first scene where the two of them interact, I, I was trying to figure out, if did they, are they romantic? Have they been romantic? What's going on here? No. I, I, I don't know. It, like, you don't know. And it's a scene in which I think Daniel Craig is a great actor, too. I think Angelina Jolie, as I've said multiple times in this podcast, is a very great actress. And the two of them together, terrible. They have no chemistry. They do not mix whatsoever. Oh, so bad. No, I don't think anyone in this film had any chemistry with anybody. Like her and the butler, there was, like her and the butler, I feel like there was just no chemistry between them or... Her and the tech guy, or the butler and the tech guy. There's yeah. no tension between everything just her and sucked. the villain either. The villain was very awful. And you know what? I I recognize oh, yeah. the actor because he's in Game of Thrones. Like I said, he's Ser Jorah. And I thought mm-hmm. he was acting as Ser Jorah, but apparently that's just how he sounds. He's, he has this very, mm-hmm. like, like he, he has like a, a stoppy tone like he's he like has a halting tone where he goes at the end almost every single time it's like he's coming to a stop he's got a lot of like that timber in his voice yeah he's great on game of thrones like oh he's one of my favorite characters on that yeah i love sir jorah he's great but 
I didn't realize that he just sounds like that in everything. Mm-hmm. Where he's got uh, this whispery thing. Galisi. <laughs> but it, I've, I've never actually seen him in anything else. And turns out he does not play a good villain no. at all. No. no. Awful fucking villain. He's I, just so... He, like, once you see him on screen, it's like, oh, he's the villain. He's a bad guy. Yeah. And that reveal at the end... Like, it was not a shock to anybody. I'm like, all right, that guy definitely killed um, Laura's father. Like, Jonathan. I knew that the entire time. I'm like, yep, he, they knew each other. He must have killed them. And then they reveal it that he killed um, John Boyd. Well, going back, John Boyd. Oh, yeah, that's John Boyd. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. The star of Baby Geniuses 2. <laughs> to go back to 007, this guy had... The 007 like villain haircut so there was no doubt he was he was a villain he had like this long like combed back hair <laughs> yeah which was very like awkward looking but totally like you see this guy he's a villain no mm-hmm. doubt about it there's no need to do this twist in the end um this stupid indiana jones in the last crusade twist where i'm actually the bad guy bullshit even though i loved it in indiana jones we have our other Game of Thrones actor, Noah Taylor, who was uh, Locke on Game of Thrones, and he was the yep. IT guy in this movie. Yep. Um, he was very good on Game of Thrones. In this movie, he he sucks. That's like everything him? else. That's yeah. him? Yeah, he's oh, yeah. the guy that uh, cuts off Jamie Lannister's hand. He looks so different. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. so creepy in Game of Thrones. He's so evil. I knew I recognized him. I just couldn't place him, and now that all makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just want to go back to John Voight for a second. John Voight was in this movie, <laughs> Runaway Train, that came out in, like, 1985. And I I don't know if they were trying to do it, but what they did in Tomb Raider, they made him look almost... They were trying to reference that movie, it feels like. Um, he looks very similar. When was that movie made? 1985. And in this, he looks, he looks terrible. But it also feels like it's a romancing of the stone kind of reference too because i i have you guys ever seen romance the romance of the stone um with michael douglas it it feels kind of similar to that too that's another robert zemeckis film that like kind of has the same sort of action adventure sort of vibe and john voight kind of like looks like how Michael Douglas's character looks, minus the mustache and the the gray the hair. Mustache, actually, it's uh, it's like not even like a full must. It's like the weirdest, ugliest looking mustache. It's really I've ever seen anyone have. It's really strange. I I don't know how else to describe it other than it feels it feels like his character is referencing somebody. I just can't pick who. I can't figure out who that character is referencing. It's Maybe obviously that's what it's supposed to be. Maybe yeah. he's supposed to be so mysterious. He's <laughs> I don't know. Who is this guy referencing? It's it's obviously referencing something. I don't know, but this whole movie to me and it feels like a just a giant jumble of references to things that I, it just does not do well. It's referencing a game. It's referencing a bunch of other like really great um, action adventure movies and heroes. It's referencing a ton of things, and it doesn't reference anything well. It doesn't do justice to any of the reference materials here. Yeah, because they're all they are they're all a mystery. You have no idea what they're actually. <laughs> yeah, she's a terrible archaeologist. Oh, she is an awful archaeologist. And I, I have another mystery 
that was in this movie. What does this line mean? <laughs> What's that smell? The tech guy set, opens his door at like, like whatever, I guess it's five in the morning. He goes, what's that smell? And she goes, 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? First of all, what is he smelling? Yeah. Is she, does she smell bad or something? And she's like, I haven't taken a shower yet. <laughs> like, he at, he, he's got this face on him where he opens up the door and he's like, oh, like, what's that smell? Like, does it smell over there? It, what is this supposed to mean? I think it's supposed to be what like does the... five a, Does 5 a.m. smell like shit? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, you're obviously a person who has never smelled 5 a.m. before. For tomorrow, <laughs> open up your door at 5 a.m. and go and smell. Um, that's the smell. Oh, I don't know if I want to because he looked like it smelled awful. I it's don't know the... if I want to smell 5 a.m. It's the smell of muck from Pokemon. That's what it smells like at 5 a.m. It's just just garbage. <laughs> muck, um... muck. <laughs> I guess I've never experienced that 5 a.m. musk. Yeah, it's just great. Um, yeah, that that was just a mystery to me. I that line and the stupid sand in the cracks line. I have no idea what the hell that was supposed to mean. So there are a ton of. Uh, it's, can I talk about some of my favorite scenes in this movie? So there are two awesome scenes in this movie that I laugh at every single time that I've seen this. I've seen this movie maybe three times. But every time that I watch it, I laugh so hard. And they are both it's way what, too many times. <laughs> what I would call McDonald's playpen scenes. So there's the scene with the giant gyrating log in the middle of this tomb in Cambodia. And then there's the orrery um, at the end that both of them look so plastic and fucking terrible. Whoever did the set design, it looks something straight out of Legends of the Hidden Temple. It's so <laughs> bad. 1990s, there's like poor Nickelodeon bullshit. It's so bad. I laugh every time. The scene where she's like jumping around, doing everything, and then like surfs on the wooden... Oh. Um, the wooden plank is just hilarious and it's supposed to be like a tense moment and she's like surfing on it oh i laugh so hard and then the orrery scene where there's uh, there's actual like handles on every single planet so that you could obviously jump and hold them it's so fucking dumb <laughs> i want to go back to the log scene oh because yes. there's one thing about that log scene that i thought was so stupid sir jora Shouts like this thing is swinging back and forth and clearly going to hit this urn, yeah, or supposed to hit this urn. And he yells out, The log must pierce the urn. <laughs> clearly, like yeah. there is a point on this thing, it is going right for the urn. You don't need to say it needs to go and pierce the urn. What the fuck else is it supposed to do? And she's riding it at that there point. There is no need. She's yes surfing it at that point. So what do you? What the fuck? Like what is he shouting at her for? Pierce the earth. What the fuck is she trying to do? Yeah, obviously. No, I, she's just having fun. She's <laughs> on the swing. It's she's having a good time. <laughs> she's gonna do that thing where you jump off and you land on your feet and you're like, yeah, yeah. That's what she was gonna do. Oh, Freaking and what? Jora. What are the two things that come out of that? 
of that scene there's like one like dog creature thing and the other one is like a four-headed like cambodian like ancient statue that comes to life those two things are stupid looking oh that six-armed like god thing yeah she should have i was wondering if she was gonna punch it in the groin like what johnny cage did with goro (laughs) i wouldn't have been surprised in this movie that would have been fucking awesome the other thing is those golems were super breakable like, you could have... I think someone, like, punched one and it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were shooting pistols at these stone golems, and they just, like, fell apart like they were bricks. Not only that, she... she, With the exception of the final golem, where she took... Shot the shit out of its face <laughs> for some reason. Shoot the body. Why did you... The body looks like it's falling apart and rickety, yet you shoot the face? Do you think it's a human? Are you stupid? Oh. Ugh. This movie bugged the crap out of me. So what was the deal with the little ghost girl? There was like... And when she was in Cambodia, when she goes to Russia, she's yeah. visited by like this little girl who like points at like the jasmine flowers. And then Lara Croft looks back and the little girl is gone. They never explained that. That was her kid. No. No. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, and it was like leading her with butterflies into this like area and then she fell. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't, I, I don't know what that was supposed to mean either. I think it was a deleted scene that they forgot to actually delete from the final movie and they just left it in because <laughs> I have no idea what that was supposed to be. Um, I I do have one last thing about that golem scene before we move on to something else. One of the golems chucks this giant fucking sword. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he takes this sword and he fucking chucks it. And it's super long. It's like, it's like five feet long or something like that. And Jorah takes one of his guards and just puts it in front of him to block this five foot long sword (laughs) that's going at like 200 miles an hour into this guy and i don't know if you guys have ever played tekken before but you take yoshimitsu and he does his sword and stabs through himself to kill the other person yeah that's what would have happened here the sword would have gone right through the fucking guy and killed jorah he would have been dead I don't know what happened to the sword. It must have been just like a retractable sword and just went into the guy. <laughs> just vanished. But I have no idea why that didn't go through and why it blocked it. He blocked it like it was a bullet. I it have was no idea what the fuck happened. I, the physics of this movie make absolutely no <laughs> sense. There are points in it. Laura, well, like three seconds before this, Laura Croft falls through the top of this Cambodian temple, which... Quite obviously, at the beginning of the scene where Daniel Craig is both pulling and cheering at the same time to open the door, this Cambodian (laughs) temple is above ground. So how did she fall below ground into this temple? I don't understand that. But also, she falls a long time and then just like hops and is like, oh, I'm perfectly fine. She could have broken her legs. She should have broken her legs on the fall. (laughs) Not to mention space and time are fucked up here because Jorah and Daniel Craig are walking through a above ground portion of the temple while she's falling 
through a below ground, but she's at a parallel level with them. It doesn't make any sense. The physics of this movie don't make any sense. And we haven't even talked about the orrery scene where Daniel Craig with his puny ass arms just like hops from Jupiter to Mars as like it's it's like something right off of um that that like 1980s warriors American gladiators American gladiators it, it feels like straight off of American gladiators Doug thank you um <laughs> it's so dumb I love the American gladiators reference we had that in a, another yeah. episode too. Yeah. <laughs> Mot- Motaro and Jackson uh yeah. along oh, yeah. with him Oh man, this was so <laughs> bad. Great. I the the um, Chuck E. Cheese McDonald's playpen Ori <laughs> was just fantastic. I don't know who the f- you can get Jax Motaro and Grimace <laughs> to you know compete against each other. I would welcome them. Oh, it was so bad, and it looked it looked to me like they obviously. They just like set it up in the middle of like an abandoned water park and just threw an orrery in the center there and was like, just turn off the wave pool for a day. We'll we'll move this orrery at the end of the day. Don't worry about it. Just we'll rent out the whole park for the time. Um, and you guys have fun. And you know, just had Daniel Craig like hop from planet to planet on this stupid fucking ladders that are obviously on this. So dumb. So dumb. So I think Paul must have seen the behind the scenes because that is exactly what they did. No, really? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. I I would totally (laughs) believe it. I mean, I know about the the controversy of this movie where they like it was like a bunch of like a a tax shelter and there was a bunch of like weird crap where um, the movie basically cost like seven million dollars to make because. Like the company was set up as like a shell corporation and they moved a bunch of money around. So this movie like had a budget of close to, I think it was like $115 million, but it really only cost them like $10 million to make. And then the box office budget came in and they made a shit ton of money off of this. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to think that they just like rented out all these bullshit fake amusement parks and then parked their crap in there. Movie yeah. costs almost nothing to make. I was like, they were probably trying to promote like a ride or something at Universal Studios that so, like, never happened. Like, Tomb Raider yeah, the ride. There was a ride. There actually was a Wait, ride. There was? Yes, it was not in oh, Universal Studios. <laughs> it was in some park in Ohio, I think. But I actually saw a YouTube video on this. It was the series is called Defunct Land, and oh yeah, they did an episode on the Tomb Raider ride, and I mm. guess. They opened up this ride and barely any people rode on this ride or something like that. And it just, I think it came out like four years after the movie or something stupid like that. Just narrated by John Voight. And narrated by John Voight. The whole time. (laughs) (laughs) This is my daughter, Laura. (laughs) My, My daughter, Laura's ride. Just get on it. Everybody's fine. It's the greatest, the greatest ride since and Abraham Lincoln. The greatest ride since Abraham Lincoln. Trump is the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln. United States. <laughs> but, by the way, so, United States. <laughs> so, I just looked up, so earlier in this episode, I said this was a box office killer, assuming it didn't make much. I was wrong. So this movie cost $115 million, and you said it, Barely cost yeah. anything. 
like with uh, everything that went on. This movie made $274 million. Yes, it made so much money. Probably the most of any movie we've yeah. done so far. Crap. It made... How? Is Why? Stupid. Yeah. Really? Like that much? It Jeez. made a ton of. I did see this movie, I think, in the theater, but oh, I don't. Know oh, me why too. I did. Yeah, no, I totally saw this. It came out in like the dead heat of the summer. It the this was this came out in like the fifteenth of June. It was the it was like the tentpole event of the summer that year in more ways than one. It was like a giant, giant fucking <laughs> movie. And this guy also directed <clears throat> Con Air, like. So the guy who directed this, I think, what's his name? Simon West. He directed Con Air, like, I don't know, five years beforehand. And Con Air was a big movie. Everybody, like, fucking loved Con yeah. Air. That's a fun movie. Yeah. And so, like, Laura Croft was, I don't think it was his next movie, but it was one of the one of the next big movies. He was also, like, an executive producer for, like, Black Hawk Down or something. So this guy was a big fucking deal. And they had this movie coming out. And Angelina Jolie was like an up and coming star, and so it was the big fucking event, and everybody saw it, and it was a trash movie, but made so much fucking money, just so much money. It's too much. Like, what other movie suffered from this stupid movie coming out at the same time? (laughs) Ah, this is. I'm I'm sad that I saw it in the theater. Uh, This was totally a money grab, and they they grabbed a lot of money from it so yeah let's talk about some of the end scenes because that was awful these end scenes the climax of the movie or whatever you want to call the bullshit at the end was awful first of all they enter this temple and this like dog (laughs) jumps through this like i guess cloud of yellow or something and it turn it like turns into a skeleton and then gets to the other side and then somehow this is the most annoying fucking thing i hate when they do this in movies she just off the cuff says it's a time storm time is broken here how the fuck do you know Cause she she knows everything because she has no flaws. Like, yeah. Where did you dig this knowledge up? Did your father tell you about a time storm? And have you are did they appear somewhere where you just know what time storms look like? Like she's not a book person. Clearly, she probably would have burned the book before actually doing or thrown it on the ground for her butler to pick up. She <laughs> she shouldn't know this type of knowledge it makes no sense i want to go back a bit there's a scene we didn't talk about the auction the auction scene we have to we have to show that laura's cool she's so cool she she rides it on a motorcycle and then when she's at the auction she puts her feet up because she's cool and wears her sunglasses indoors because she's cool oh my god it's such a it's the cringiest fucking scene that i've seen in a long time i was like oh my god are they actually going to do this? And then they did. And she like walks over and puts her feet up. And I was like, this is so fucking stupid. All right. Our main character. We got to make sure that the kids think she's cool. So she got to ride on a motorcycle. She listens to Outcast in the beginning. And then she puts her feet up because she doesn't care. She's a rebel. But the thing is, she is the most unlikable person. I hate Oh, it. yeah. 
and then she bids. She fucking bids on stuff, and she's like, oh, I'm just going to bid a million dollars here or a billion dollars there or whatever. Right. And then she loses the bid, and she's like, oh, whew. Like, that fucking scene <laughs> does nothing for any part of the movie. She's like, oh, I have money to spend. And poof. With her, her, dad, her dad's fucking money. Oh, it's so stupid. Oh. And that's the same scene right around the same time where she meets Daniel Craig, whose name yeah. is like Alex, Alex, some bullshit. I don't know what his name is. And she meets him there and she's like, um, like talks with him and then goes and sees the clockmaker dude who is also the creepiest dude. And like gives her a once over look for like a creepy old man. And there's like, Laura, I don't know what this is. I can't tell you. I can't help you. And then cheats her out at the end. Oh, it's just such a stupid scene. I forgot about that scene until you brought I it up. I hated Doc. that scene. Yeah, that just adds to her shitty character. Like, it makes her an even worse character by doing that entire scene. And if you yeah. think about cool, actual cool heroes, I'm going to go back to Indiana Jones. That guy's fucking cool as fuck. But he doesn't sit there and put his feet on things and act like a fucking asshole. He's just straight up cool. You don't have to try so hard to be cool. If you try too hard to be cool, you become Laura Croft. <laughs> is the opposite of fucking cool. Ugh. I I I think the the thing that it reminded me of is and I'm sorry that I have to do this again, but it's the scene where fucking what's his name? Bruce Wayne falls asleep at the board meeting in Dark Knight in the Dark Knight where he's just like sleeping in the board meeting. And they're like, Mr. Wayne, wake up or in Batman Begins where he's like is in the fountain with the two supermodels. Like it's the same sort of but trying to define a character. But in this, no. it does it doesn't do the job that it does in Batman Begins. It's supposed to make Bruce Wayne look like a shitty person when in all actuality he's a good person. In this one, it just makes Laura Croft look shitty. It just makes her look like a shitty person. I agree with you, but the thing that they did in Dark Knight, though, is he was doing that as a ploy anyways. So he was was trying to do this, and you know this. Like this That's is what I'm her. Saying. Yeah. She, she she's she doesn't have some ulterior motive where she's trying to yeah. do something else. She's just a shitty person. A shitty person. <laughs> like in this movie, she's just a shitty person. She like I, I, I will go back to all the scenes in which she just shoots up all of these artifacts. Like Indiana Jones, this belongs in this muse- museum. And freaking Laura Croft, this belongs at the bottom of a rubble pile. Like, she just <laughs> shoots the shit out of everything um, yes. and does not care whatsoever. Oh, Not only yeah. that, there was another quality of her which also sucked. I think what they were going for is let's make her the complete opposite of, like, uh, what we see a woman trope to be, right? So... They make her also a bad cook. Like, why did they add the scene where she blows up something in the microwave? It's oh, yeah. it's a TV dinner, for one. Yeah. She's making a TV dinner. Like, you gotta be the dumbest fucking person in the world to blow up a TV dinner. If they wanted to make her, like, a bad cook, just pull out a TV dinner. You clearly can't cook that well. You made a TV dinner, and you're a rich person. You don't need to be stupid as fuck. Like that she puts like a somehow, <laughs> What did she do? Put it in for 30 minutes to blow up the fuck? I've never seen a TV dinner explode 
and then she just takes it out and chucks it. Like, so what did that do for her character? She puts like a can of SpaghettiOs in there. She's a food so. waster. <laughs> in <laughs> so. In television, I'm going to be the actually guy here. In television, the trope is called the lethal chef. chef, And it's usually like a comedy trope. But most of the time, it emphasizes that they fail at like a traditional aspect of femininity. So in this case, it is that Laura Croft like bucks at the traditional aspects of femininity. And she's like an action person. And it's that's literally the trope, lethal chef. So it is a one-for-one trope that happens in movies in which they try to define a woman as an action hero. You know, I fucking hate that, though. I hate it's that. It's stupid. It's a I stupid fucking I hate it so much trope. because it, yep. does, it, it does the same thing as yeah. just the regular woman trope does. It, it makes it yep. seem stupid. And it, in this case, it's even worse. Like, when you see, uh, let's go to Mrs. Doubtfire. Where obviously he's a bad cook at oh, yeah. one point, and he's burning shit. That's a funny yeah. scene though, and he catches on yeah. fire and all this stuff. It works. It works. It's well. the same thing. But this is like, I can't make yes. TV dinners. <laughs> what are you? Are you just stupid? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. They they do that yeah. divorced dad thing. Uh, the Santa Claus also has that cliche yes. where Tim Allen, because he's a divorced dad, he can't cook. He has like the turkey in the oven. He's like putting it out with a. Uh, fire extinguisher yeah they yep. they took that out of mrs doubt <laughs> but yeah no i agree they 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 do like to use that trope but i don't mind that trope as much especially in mrs doubtfire because he's like wearing a suit but, too but, and catching but, on fire which is hilarious men can't cook that's a woman's job yeah, men will just I, burn I, it i don't like that trope but i would have been i would have thought that was more funny if Laura Croft were like cooking an omelet and then suddenly it caught on fire, and she's like, oh fuck! Her and boobs, then, her boobs are on fire. She puts them out, like frying. <laughs> First day as a woman, I'm getting hot flashes. <laughs> that would have been way better than whatever bullshit that stupid joke, throwaway joke, was supposed to show. Ah, ah yeah, it's so much. that. That's a fucking stupid thing, and it, that's it's the that's the primary point of that trope in both Mrs. Doubtfire and in Tomb Raider. In in Mrs. Doubtfire, it's funny. In Tomb Raider, it's just stupid. It's an indication of like a really bad filmmaker because he. There are so many examples of her like bucking female trends in this movie. They don't need that. They just use no. it as like a, another fucking stupid thing. I fully agree. I think it's so dumb. Yeah, I, I don't mind tropes. I don't mind tropes if you use them successfully. And this movie yeah. this movie does try to use a, a bunch of tropes, but her character is literally just tropes. That's it. And they're like just the opposite tropes. She's got to drive a motorcycle because she's a oh, cool God. dude. I guess women like, don't the, ride motorcycles. Well, not only that, but Laura does. From like, I, I mean, she could have just drove a cool car. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. She does, dude. In this movie, she drives that fucking Hummer in the middle of the Cambodian oh, well, like, and women don't drive tell, those. I, <laughs> that's the most. That's the uh, most horseshit scene in this whole movie. Is that she takes this cam? She takes this jeep and drives in the middle of the forest and just destroys absolutely everything. That is true. She, she like, 
ha- calls on the fucking royal like marines to airlift her to the middle of Cambodia to drop a fucking Hummer in the middle of the place, destroys a whole section of the Cambodian like rainforest, then drives that thing through the middle of a swamp cuts down hundreds of trees in the process of doing this and through a wasteland, drives through ancient artifacts in a Cambodian fucking, like, ruin on top of this fucking Hummer and then abandons the Hummer in the middle of the fucking forest and goes on foot after, like, crushing so many, like, priceless artifacts in the process. It's the most... It, she's a terrible archaeologist. She's fucking and, horrible. And the, she's just a terrible person. But the the monks were nice enough. After all that, the monks were nice enough to give her magic tea that makes her yeah. feel like uh, like Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. And somehow would hold her uh, her antenna so that she can call people across the fucking globe. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the most colonialist bullshit I've ever seen. And this has happened in like two thousands. If this happened mm. in the seventies, I would I'd be like, that's this makes sense. But this is like a two thousands film. Ugh, fucking terrible bullshit. Anyway, so. Back to the climax, the end of the movie here. One of the annoy- annoying things that I also saw was they throw the knife at Daniel Craig, right? They kill him, and then they rewind time, and then she moves it and instead throws the knife at the villain, Ser Jorah. And it sticks in his arm, right? He, I think he pulls out the knife, but then... Instead of doing, like, a gunfight or anything, he opts to throw down the guns and says, let's just do a fist fight, right? That the makes absolutely no sense. The guy just was stabbed in the fucking arm, and yet he's swinging haymakers like he's fucking <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> and he's he had a knife in his arm. Does this guy not feel pain? Like, he just killed Daniel Craig by throwing the knife at him. That guy must be a fucking wuss. I think he had a but, flask full oh of that God. magic tea. He must have. <laughs> God, he just... But then she, she, like, sticks her finger in his arm, and he's like, Ow, oh, this hurts really bad. But before, you're, you're able to swing your arm. Have you been stabbed before? I have never been stabbed before, but I've been, like, hurt in my arm before, and I can't, like, move my arm. How are you fighting oh. with your arm? Ah, I... That scene is hilarious in that they fight like that. But then right before that, they're both running up like a imaginary pyramid to get to the top of this thing. And that scene is such bad CGI. I just want to remind you that in 1993, fucking Jurassic Park came out. And that CGI looks so much goddamn better than this movie, which is eight years later. The scene where the fucking pyramid, it's so bad. It's terrible. That, and that scene when they're running up uh, Bora Mormont, he's like, he, he falls like the Hans Gruber death, even though he doesn't die in that <laughs> he scene. He comes, he comes back later. But yeah, he yes. does like the way the Joker falls in Batman and the way uh, Big Boy falls in Dick yeah. Tracy. What other movie uses that? That cliche. Every death. 80s movie, yeah. I think. <laughs> oh, fucking Dumbledore in Deathly yeah, Hollows falls the same way. Whoa. He, does. Like, he does. It's the same horse shit. 
<laughs> the Hans Gruber death. Uh, that's, yeah, Gandalf that, I, falls the same way. Yeah, Gandalf does fall the same way. Yeah, the slow yeah. falling death. But the the stupid part is this guy doesn't even fucking die. Granted, Gandalf doesn't either. But still, Gandalf has a much cooler comeback than Jorah. Get the hell out of here, Jorah. We're gonna have Jumping we're back. gonna have a bad time if we try to compare this to Lord of the Rings because oh, no. we gotta we just move on immediately. Yeah, yeah no, no, we're thanks. we're done. No more no more comparisons there. there oh, it's, oh, there's no comparison. Yeah, I I hated this climax so much. There was also this one thing. She goes back in time, and then they do this like thing where they always do the slow motion shot and like a very awkward spot. I think, I think she's like going to touch her dad's hand and then it like becomes slow motion for a second. And also when they're like, running, like, like I don't know why it, it happens in slow motion. It wasn't even yeah. a scene that needed slow motion. They were talking normally and now all of a sudden it's just like, and then when they're running out of the temple, there's like slow motion happening. It's so stupid. I hate it. So, Ugly cinematography of, of that decade. They, oh, they yeah. use that in I, so many movies. Like, remember that really awful King Kong movie from like 2000? Oh the Peter God. Jackson one? I'm oh, sorry, yeah. if, you, I'm sorry yeah. if you like that film. That no, I don't like it. Fucking no. terrible. But they do like that, that no. slow motion effect in that too. I hate the slow motion effect for the most part. I, I mean, Matrix does... Well, that's bullet time, but they still do a good job, like, slowing things down and stuff. That is a fitting use of slowing down things. That's this, the exception that proves Shaking the rule, someone's hand or something in slow motion is stupid. Don't do so that. So there's, <laughs> there's another continuity error right there. Is she talking to her dad before he writes the letter to her and he puts it inside this clock? Or before she writes, he writes the letter to her and then sends it to her? Or is she talking to him after that point? Where in this point? Because he writes the letter in the same tent that she's meeting him in. So I don't, like, why wouldn't she just, why wouldn't he, like, write in that letter, like, I talked to you as an adult woman 20 years ago and you're going to talk to me again. So don't worry. Here's, um, and I'm going to write this letter to you. Why wouldn't he reference that? It, I, I don't, when did, when did this meeting happen? Or is it a real meeting? Cause I, I assume it's that dream. it's a real meeting. Is it a dream or is it I a real no meeting? I have no fucking clue what that's supposed I have to no be. Fucking that clue. meeting, that meeting is bullshit. And also that note is bullshit because I really hate like we've mentioned, there are so many tropes in this stupid fucking movie. And one trope I really hate is, if you're reading this note, I'm already dead. <laughs> like, you might not be. Yeah. She might have just found the note while you were still alive. Why do you write this in the note? What is the point? Like, either you're dead or you're not. You don't need to tell me, if you're reading this, I'm already dead. Just tell me what you're fucking going to say. You don't need to say you're already dead, because clearly I'll know if you're already dead or not. <laughs> you don't need to tell me. <laughs> so after all that happens, this whole scene, and they fight, and then she, she kills him, and then they go back. She appears in her house that, remember, earlier, not more than an hour earlier in this film, 
was completely fucking wrecked. This this manor was just yeah. completely fucking destroyed. She appears back at this manor in a like a white dress, pure as crystal, uh, walking down the stairs in this house that is brand fucking new. It looks like it has no damage to it. And then they reprogram the robot and she fights the robot. I almost threw the fuck up. This is the worst ending that could possibly have happened. Followed by, where's your head? That, uh, if you want to talk about that end scene, yeah, like you're saying, fucking terrible. Not only was it that awful fucking song, but it freeze-framed at the end. Ah! The freeze, another trope. Here it comes back. The end of the movie freeze frame bullshit. Fucking hate that trope. They do that in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. He's fucking flying down, and then they, like, take a snapshot of him. <laughs> Fuck that. Remember, not only that, you have to play the worst fucking song in the world after that. <laughs> do you remember they do that in, like, Spider-Man 2? They play raindrops keep falling on my head, and he does, like, that weird smile that they freeze frame on for, like, two seconds. Do I don't from... mind that one. That's but it's in like, that's in like the middle of the film when they do that. Th- that's why I kind of yes. like that one. I, I like that too. not I, the end of the film. I kind of find that scene funny in Spider-Man. I find that scene very funny. And I think that is a good use of the freeze frame. Good work, this, Peter. <laughs> this, <laughs> this bad or supposedly badass use of this at the end of the movie, not good. Fucking awful. It reminds me of it reminds speaking of Harry Potter, it reminds me of I think it was Harry Potter two or Harry Potter three, where he flies off on the broomstick and then it like freeze frames and that's the That's end what of the I film. said. He's like Yes ah! Yes Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what happens. It's end of three. Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Like I liked that movie otherwise. I like Harry Potter a lot. However, that fucking end is awful. You don't need to do yeah. a freeze frame. I don't need to see uh, Daniel Radcliffe's face <laughs> frozen in a smile for a little bit. What is that doing for me? Nothing. Just fucking fade out or something as he's flying away. I don't need this, like, 80s freaking scrapbook picture shown in my <laughs> face. I don't need it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, oh. it that that ending bugged the shit out of me and i just have a couple other things i think that that bugged me what one thing about the continuity errors were terrible in this movie another continuity thing was that tent i don't know if you guys noticed but the tent was just surrounding the dad's grave right yeah um when she goes in she like talks to the dad's grave for one why do you have a tent around the grave I guess that's fine. For another, there, the the tent is useless. There is rain yeah. on the ground. It's wet. Yeah. It didn't do yeah. anything. What is nope. the tent even there? Why even fucking put the tent there? It doesn't guard against anything. It it doesn't add any added effect. It's a fucking grave on the ground. There is no need to put a tent there. Yeah. I shouldn't have bought the twenty dollar tent at Kmart <laughs> with holes in it. It's this crap tent. I also am not entirely sure 
what it is they're memorializing there, right? They're memorializing that she's like he's like disappeared, gone but never forgotten or something like that. Um, so they just have a giant plaque on the ground. I don't understand, like, does she like go to that and drop flowers all the time? What does she do there? Like, is it just like symbolic? Why was that on her property? Um, why Not only she that, that, it's on in the way. It's it's like exactly. in a walkway. That's what I'm saying. You have to you have to fucking walk through this. You gotta walk to to through that shit or walk around every time. Why would she want that in the middle? It's like that would be like me putting up a picture of like my dead grandpa in the middle of my mirror every day. Like, why would I want to see that all the fucking time? Or um, on the floor? <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, I hate it. And um, just I had I think two other things. One other trope, which is they say. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. Yeah, I know. I, I, they stupid. say that. I fucking hate that. I think that's used in like 50% of the movies ever made. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. I fucking hate that line. <laughs> and lastly, the dog sledding. Oh, she my God. We didn't dogs. even fucking talk about the dog no, sledding. No, I'm surprised no one mentioned this yet. But the dog sledding is she goes so over, fucking bad. Oh. It was so bad. She goes out. This is when she's escaping the temple at the end. Yeah. She yeah. sees that for some reason the sled is broken. So what is the badass thing to do? Go out without the sled on your feet. Just <laughs> there. Oh. add to the foot fetish. <laughs> really good fucking feet. they're sliding along as if you don't need a fucking sled you just glide on ice with your bare feet i don't understand what this was is this supposed to be badass am i more badass by not using a sled when dog sledding if if so why don't more people not use a sled why don't they just use feet that (laughs) there's no need to waste the wood to make a fucking sled but also it's like a perfect it's a perfect again i I, i'll reference it 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 feels like a mcdonald's playpen it's a perfect slide area that the dog and her are going down on she's like yeah it's so fucking stupid but we didn't even talk about i thought you were going to talk about the scene where she has this like giant fucking fur coat and then underneath it is just this like skin tight leotard that has absolutely no padding what fucking outfit is that she's got this like full on fur coat and then just like a skin tight leotard it makes no sense what how are you protecting your heat there's no heat protection there uh uh it makes no sense that outfit was fucking atrocious (laughs) I agree. It wasn't even a very good-looking outfit either. Um, I, I, sw- I thought we were going to talk about that because it makes no sense to me. I saw her in that, and I was like, she's going to freeze to death. Um, she has all of the ability not to freeze to death, but she's going to freeze to death. So fucking dumb. Did we talk about the bungee uh, jumping scene? Yes, just... we can. I was saving that for Which... end. I was saving that for the end. The bungee jumping scene. Go ahead, Doug. Cause as as just... everyone does, you know... Especially if you own a mansion, you just you just jump from a bungee cord for no reason. Yeah. And 
conveniently um, an army of men just break in and try to kill you. But they also yeah. already have their own bungee cord. So gives you the opportunity to show off your Matrix ripoff moves. You're flipping and <laughs> flying and you're... Like... That fucking awful techno music from the early 2000s. Oh my god, the music. You, <laughs> you should have put yakety sacks over it because they were all just like bungeeing at the same time. And in multiple scenes, you could see like one guy was like flying the fuck up and she's like bungeeing down. And somehow the guy would die and he'd be on the floor immediately. And her, you know, terrible aim, she's just like shooting everywhere. I don't know how she didn't like kill everybody, but she's just shooting everywhere. And the scene where all the cars are there too, and she's like, she like falls into this car area and everybody's bouncing around and doing their bungee jump stuff. What a dumb fucking scene. So stupid. <laughs> so stupid. I agree. It was a very stupid scene. I she, like Doug said, does not make any sense. But what were you going to say? She did her own stunts. Did with the she? bungee, yeah, with I the mean, bungee cord, she, you know, give her credit for that. Maybe it, that, Oh, okay. I mean, maybe that's why they had that scene. Maybe they're like, "What? what is one big talent you have? And she's like, I bungee jump. And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll do a scene with bungees. <laughs> it's called the bungee ballet. If anyone wants to look it up, that's that's the exact term that they use for this, the bungee ballet. Hmm. It's, like it's this scene dumb. or in general? That scene is called the bungee ballet. They should have had... Da, 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 da. Play in the background of the scene. Like, either Yakety Sax or that would have been better than the techno that they decided to play. The generic techno. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a Sprite commercial. (laughs) She hurt herself during that scene, though. Um, Apparently, she, like, hurt herself pretty badly. And they had to, like, delay the filming for a while. They should have delayed it permanently. I agree with you on that. Uh, this uh, movie was horrible. I hate it in every way, shape, or form. And I, I'm going to retract what I said. It is not the same as Wing Commander. After talking about all this, it is lower than Wing Commander. I completely agree with you, Doug. It's yeah. worse. You know, you know who likes this movie? Roger Ebert liked this movie. Oh, I thought you were going to yeah. say John Voight. Oh, he probably did too. <laughs> he probably did. He probably liked Night Baby Geniuses too as well. <laughs> I mean, he was in the read the script and agreed, so. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. Apparently, people seem to be wrong and like this movie. Well, they are wrong. They are definitely wrong. Like, it's the same people who like that Maleficent movie. That movie sucks. <laughs> they just like that Angelina Jolie's in it, and they're like, yeah, she's pretty hot. Uh, I could like this movie. I fully agree. I have a list here. So of all the movies we've done so far, I have three top ten lists. One from IMDb, one from Rotten Tomatoes from the audience, and one from Rotten Tomatoes of the critics. Okay. And what do you think the worst... Okay, from IMDb. IMDb rates their movies on uh, out of ten stars... The highest so far being Shawshank Redemption at 9.2, and the lowest being Disaster Movie at 2.0. So what do you think the lowest score movie that we've done so far is? 
We've done ten, so I'm gonna say it's got to be annihilation. annihilation. It is. I think it. And, with, yeah, it's got to be annihilation. Yeah. I read so Mortal Kombat Annihilation with a three point seven, and I'm gonna count my way up to number one. Number nine, Double Dragon, three point eight. Number eight, Street Fighter, four. Number seven, Super Mario Come Brothers, four point one. Number six, Wing Commander, four point three. Four and five tied. Mortal Kombat and Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Yeah, 5.8. No. 5.8. This is tied with Mortal Kombat according to the uh, those who use IMDb, which is just regular I did not people, like regular users. I I did not like Mortal Kombat and I think that Mortal Kombat is Oscar worthy compared to this fucking movie. Yeah. It's just so much better. The people of IMDb have spoken, though. That list oh is my totally God. fucked. Can, can you guess what the top, th- the top three? Angry Number three, Pokemon 3, the movie, 5.9. <laughs> no fucking way. Number two, Wait, Pokemon, <laughs> Number two, Pokemon, the movie, 2000, 6.1. <laughs> and number one, Pokemon, the first movie, 6.3. See, knew that was the best. Yeah, one. I said it. In oh, the other definitely. <laughs> it's trash. Uh, oh my god, not trash. It's just. Uh, it doesn't trash. have screaming Zapdos. <laughs> what was its rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, Tomb Raider. Yeah. I'll get to that. It's actually number five on this list. It's so Rotten oh Tomatoes. Gosh. This is the audience score. So okay. I'll get to the critic one after. So this is just the audience rating. So number 10, they, by the way, they do it on a 100% scale. So there is, let's just say that the way they do the uh, scoring is also, it's a full thing of popcorn and a spilled over thing of popcorn. Mm-hmm. Sure. All but one of these are a spilled thing of popcorn. So okay. um, number 10, Street Fighter, 20%. Okay. Tied number eight and number nine. Uh, criminal. Wing Commander and Mortal Kombat Annihilation at twenty five percent. They wait. Number, pause. They think Street Fighter is worse than Wing Commander. Fuck that. Yeah. And Annihilation. No way. Yep. That is very surprising. The audience. Like, no. The audience where, has where spoken. Where is this audience coming from? Like. Fuck that. Get those These fucking just reg- audience members out of here. The, the regular users of uh, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> They're wrong. Fuck. Let's keep going. Nah, no way. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Double Dragon, 26%. Number six, Super Mario Brothers, 29%. Number five, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, 47%. Are you no fucking, fucking kidding way. Almost you 50% of people like this fucking movie? All right, keep going. We're just people like <laughs> jacking off the whole time and just didn't pay attention to the plot? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Number four, Pokemon 3, the movie, 54%. Oh, my God. That's I a bad one. I can't believe people okay. love that movie so much. Number three, Pokemon Pokemon 2000, 56%. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Mortal Kombat, 57%. And that's the last of the movies of the spilled over uh, popcorn containers. And the only movie to have a full popcorn container... 100%. At number one, at number one, at sixty-three percent, ah. Pokemon the first movie. They made number one on no. two of these lists. I told you, best one. I, I, <laughs> I, I, 
Now, Let's see the final how, list with the these, critics. Now this Will is the, the Rotten Tomato. The Rotten Critic. Uh, Pokemon the first movie, number one. I hope so. I'll Rotten wait. Tomatoes, the Critic Tomato Meter. And let me just, I'm going to spoil this. Every one of these movies is a, a green splat. Every one of them. Oh, well, yeah, no doubt. Deservedly no doubt. so. So number 10, Mortal Kombat Annihilation at 2%. Well, okay. Could see uh, that no, the critics. Number eight and nine at a tie. Uh, Wing Commander and Street Fighter, both at ten percent. Wow, Street Fighter! I can't really? fucking yeah. believe it. Street Fighter, it's not that Wasn't bad that of a bad. movie. No. Anyway, no. I'm very shocked. Number seven, Double Dragon at thirteen percent. Number six, knocked down a little bit. Pokemon the first movie at fifteen percent. Wow. Number five, ah, Pokemon the Movie 2000 at 19%. Number four, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, 20%. Deservedly so, but Good. still too high in this list. Fucker, too, too high, yeah. <laughs> 20% is deserving, but yeah. You know. Number three, fitting, Pokemon 3, the movie, 21%. At 21%? Number- Oh yeah. my god. Number okay. three on the list. That's fine. <laughs> fucking movie was all a dream. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> my opinion, the best of the three Pokemon movies. Uh, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You go. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Super Mario Brothers, 24%. And number one, nice. Mortal Kombat. I knew Mortal Kombat. 48%. That, 48%. I. I, I I, I disagree here. with every single one of these lists, actually. Um, I do, too. I I still liked Double Dragon the best out of all of those. Um, only because I like how fun it was. It was a very mm-hmm. fun movie for me. Mm-hmm. And all the other movies I, are pretty shit. <laughs> but I've I enjoyed, think... I enjoyed watching, like, Street Fighter. Uh, I enjoyed watching Mortal Kombat. But... The rest of the movies, Pokemon was like a blast from the past, but it was bad. Those were all bad. But these other movies, every single one of them was awful to watch. Awful. Yeah. This was the this is the worst one I've I've out of all the ones we've done, I hated this one the most. More so than Wing Commander. More than Pokemon the first movie. Yeah. I agree. I hated it the most because um and the reason I kind of put it at Wing Commander level as well is because they used a similar amount of misogynist tropes. It was very mm-hmm. annoying to see that mm-hmm. in a movie. It just was it was obnoxious the amount that they put in there. Um, and I know a lot of movies like in the eighties had those misogynist things going on with it, but not to this like egregious level where they yeah. would just like it the full movie was a fucking misogynist dream um, it was i hated I, this movie so much i don't think Wing that Commander, they made a powerful character out of laura croft it did the opposite no. i think wing commander at least took chances and like made uh I, you know i i don't know i could see like wing commander in the hands of someone better as a director and someone like who you know if you were to remake that now i think 
you would make different choices and make that movie a little bit better. And at least you could take some of the source material. I don't think you could take anything from this movie. There's not one drop of like quality filmmaking in this movie that you bring over to anything. It's, it's just piss poor. Most of this movie falls flat for me. And unlike like double dragon, which I think is a bad movie, but fun. Um, Mm -hmm. this is a bad movie, but just not fun. I still Mm -hmm. think street fighter is the best movie that we've seen so far. And I actually think it's kind of a, a decent movie on, on its face street fighter. Most of the other films are just not good. I, I think Mortal Kombat is not as good as a film as everybody else does. I, I actually kind of laughed more at Mortal Kombat Annihilation and thought that was a more fun movie. It's still a bad movie, but Mortal Kombat Annihilation was a fun movie. I'll never watch it again, but it was a fun movie. <laughs> this was just terrible. It had no redeeming qualities. Not yeah, I just I didn't like it. I was expecting it to be better than it was because people like too. people Same. seem to like it, but I was yeah very. I remember thinking it was okay when I saw it as a kid, but yeah. I obviously was a know nothing kid. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But Paul, you give Wing Commander way too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every no, time I... you're like, well, maybe it, it had a chance. That fucking movie sucked. Just say it. <laughs> I, I get. I agree nothing. with you. It's not good. It's not a good movie. You talked about chances. a love letter in the Wing Commander episode. It ain't no love letter. Pizza <laughs> crap. I think. I think it does a bunch of like. It does things. It doesn't do anything really well. But it, much like Laura Croft, where it references a bunch of stuff and doesn't do justice to its references, I think Wing Commander took a lot more chances than Laura Croft. Laura Croft is a sterile movie, and it's just like, it's so bland and has nothing going for it. In terms of, like, topography, this is a plateau. It starts off flat and ends flat, and there's no rising or falling action. It does nothing. Um, Wing Commander at at least had some, like, moments where I was like, oh, maybe something can happen here. Nothing usually did, but, oh, maybe something could happen here. I take that back. Wing Commander did a lot for bulldozers everywhere. Jettisoned their (laughs) careers. You can reference the bulldozer scene from Wing Commander, but three movies later... Three podcasts from now, when we film this and we are like, oh, still referencing the bulldozer scene, we're not going <laughs> to fucking reference anything from Laura Croft. I, I agree Maybe the with robot. You. No, I, I agree with you. Like, every movie we've talked about has at least, like, one thing that we can kind of call back on. Like, you got Zapdos yeah. for the Pokemon movie. I mean, that that's going to be constantly called, <laughs> called back, too. You got... Um, Blanca for Street Fighter. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. You got uh, uh, Annihilation is just the entire movie. The whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> you got Bobo from... Uh, yeah, Boa Bobo. <laughs> you got the dancing scene from Mario Bros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got all of these like fun things. But what do you have for Laura Croft? Feet. Feet. That could be our cover photo. Is just um, Angelina Jolie's feet. 
Um, we have a bunch of weirdos like listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, for foot fetishers everywhere. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so weird. I yeah, just, it, I, it it's weird. just a, it's not a great movie, and I. I hate to say this, I don't think it's going to get much better going forward. I think a lot of these movies going forward have the same sort of like sterile nature as um, Laura Croft does. It's just not great. <laughs> Those are another very one. good looking feet to be. <laughs> Those are some <laughs> so, so Doug, for the people who are listening to the podcast... Doug just posted a picture, or no, not Doug. That's sorry, Paul. Paul posted a picture of Angelina Jolie's feet, <laughs> and my God, yeah. they might be the most unattractive feet I ever seen in my life. And it you'll does, see. Them I don't as know the if cover she photo is, for does she pop. have an extra pinky toe or what is going on there. I have no. I don't know. <laughs> There's a weird I mean, bump. I... I'm sorry, Angelina Jolie, if you're listening to this. But come on, you, need, show. you gotta get some better feet <laughs> if you're gonna be oh. playing in a foot fetish movie. <laughs> um, but what is our next episode? Um, what our piece next of crap episode? Are we talking about? Oh, we uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope it's better than this one. It's oh, it will be a movie that is uh, not well received from. Critics or fans? None of them. Um, Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Hmm. You know yeah. what? I'm kind of excited to see that movie, only because I never saw the whole thing. I think I fell asleep through half of it or something. But um, I'm excited to watch it, just because when I did watch it, I was like a little kid and didn't probably understand what was going on, didn't have the attention span. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested in seeing that. This yet. is. The movie that killed Square. Um, <laughs> just sunk fucking Square. I can't wait to talk about it because this is it, boys and girls. This is the one that just made all of the two th- the 1990s RPGs combine into one. This film is, is the result of that. And what's one more movie after that? I'm just curious what the next movie after that is. I think it's Resident Evil. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's Resident See, that Evil. One, that one will be interesting to talk about. Some people yeah, love those at, Resident Evil movies. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So I, I think there's some exciting movies on the horizon somewhere. Maybe there's Where's Your Head At is in Resident Evil, too, because I feel like I've seen that in more than one video game movie. I hope the next four movies we talk about have Where's Your Head At. <laughs> Especially Final Fantasy spirits with it. They're fighting Bahamut. <laughs> and then, where's your head? And then it freeze frames on someone's face at the end. Oh, I will love that. Definitely. Just gotta have that. I can guarantee you one of these movies. <laughs> I can guarantee you one of these movies has that boom, here goes the boom, ready oh, or not. I, get, I can guarantee you oh, one movie that we're doing. There has Somewhere. to be one of the movies we're doing. I think oh, I can't for wait. the next episode, just after we watch Spirits Within, try to think of for the next early 2000 movies that we're going to watch, what are the songs that you will definitely hear? Because I like oh, that man. idea. Maybe a it's lot. in Doom. 
It's got to be in Doom, right? I, it feels like something The Rock would be in. Boom. Right oh. the boom. The boom. <laughs> oh, that is an awful song. I can't wait to hear all the awful songs in these movies. <laughs> We're coming to the dark times, people. The early 2000s video game movies are just some of the worst of the worst. We're talking about Alone in the Dark. We're talking oh. about Blood Rain. We're talking about Silent Hill. I mean, just like Chun Li, the Legend of Chun Li. I can't wait. Oh, that's for coming Alone up too. Dark because oh, Alone God. in the Dark is the lowest rated film of all the Chef's video kiss. game movies. I believe uh, we have to go through works. House of the Dead and another fucking Laura Croft so, before we House get there. House of the Dead. So. I've seen some clips of, and it is somewhat hilarious so i actually want to watch that too there are some hilarious scenes um in that movie so i'm excited for that max Payne. i'm, I'm excited to hear about the ghosts that max Payne <laughs> has yeah. to see and uh <laughs> we'll see what's what's in store i think I have a I, it's gonna I'm be a, excited i have a feeling it's gonna be a max Payne watching that film <laughs> awful <laughs> but <laughs> Not as bad as what's in store for us to <laughs> uh, All right. Do you guys do you want to send us off, Doug? Um, yeah. So that does it for this episode of Laura Croft Tomb Raider from 2001. <laughs> Follow us oh on my Facebook, God. Instagram. In this... <laughs> yeah. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at resetandrewindpodcast at gmail.com. I have not checked that in a very long time. Um, anything else you guys have to say? Uh, no. you got to check that email, though. There's probably yeah. like thousands of emails in there. <laughs> Ignore the critics. Street Fighter's a good movie. This is a bad movie take it from us um ignore the critics we are street fighter is a much here. better movie than this oh my god Ugh. and one last thing i want to Pew. say we're on discord and doug's face froze frame perfectly at the end of this <laughs> hey everyone so we did have some audio issues um my face froze on discord and paul and kevin could not hear me talking so our ending kind of got a little bit messed up. But I have here an exclusive audio of the critics reviewing this movie. Here, take a listen. Uh, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, it really sucks. <laughs> we want to see naked chicks. <laughs> Buck naked, yeah. <laughs> We're looking for the chick with big boobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are ready to do you now. <laughs> He's giving me a stiffy. You know. He has an erection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was cool.